It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up, breaking news as the Brooklyn Nets and head coach Steve Nash mutually agree to part ways. We'll parse out the details of his departure, read the tea leaves on what went wrong early in the season to lead to this point, and update an Adrian Wojnarowski report that suggests the new head coach for the Brooklyn Nets may be a familiar face waiting in the wings. You are locked on Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, yes, friends. It is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. He's Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free on all those great platforms. And let you know today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA and Doug. No time for pleasantries or fluff here, friends, because as you know, breaking in for what is your second episode of the day <laughs> from the Locked On Nets podcast as kind of out of nowhere, not that there wasn't a lot of, of tension around this team entering the season, the Brooklyn Nets and Steve Nash mutually agreed to part ways as first reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, a good, a juicy Woj bomb. Finally, something to really wet your whistle on here. Um, instant reaction as we get into the details of this, Doug. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's funny because of this. Uh, um, there's like two hands to this, right? On the one hand, I'm, it, it, you could say it's been a long time coming, and on the other hand, I'm still, I'm also shocked it happened. <laughs> I think that that's, that's like a the really world. Good way to put it. I think yep. that's the world we live in. We've lived in with Nash over the last you know, three years or two plus years. That it's been, it's felt like he was always sort of um, in the firing line, and it also felt like he was bulletproof. And I, yep. and I just, and so I, I. I'm not shocked at all, and I'm also kind of floored around the timing. And, you know, this is something we had sort of been intimating at over the these last couple episodes, is that it did feel a little more precarious now than it had ever felt to me before. And we'd entertained the idea of Nash as a coach and tried to evaluate, you know, what we thought of him as a coach. But it never almost, to me, ever, like, warranted that long of a discussion because I always felt like they were always just going to choose him over – almost anything else like that had yeah. been sort of like the, what appeared to be the company line during the Durant thing Kyrie stuff like it never felt like Nash's job was unsafe at all like it didn't feel it just never you never got the feeling but recently and it wasn't it didn't come from any source it did feel for me recently like if it was going to happen it could happen soon right like there had been the, the stumble was such a bad one to start the season the the record is just glaring in terms of like just how bad it is and in these situations almost always it's the coach is the first domino right yep. because that's just you can't it's harder to fire the players it's a lot it's impossible to fire the players except via trade 
And that is just almost never what an organization is going to do. So in the end, we'll talk about Nash's tenure here. I'm sure there's a certain uh, feeling among Nets Nation around how this you know, sort of plays out. Obviously, the names that have been floated already are super interesting. But I mean, in terms of Nash, yeah, I, I have to say getting that alert at whatever noon uh, I'm on a different timeline um like whatever whatever it was 1, 1 p.m 1, yeah, 1, 1, 1, 1 p.m eastern uh i was like whoa <laughs> right like i was, I was like, and and at the same time i was like yeah okay i can see it yeah I, and i think for the most part too is not not funny but the first thread on this was the nets fired steve nash comma sources tell espn that was adrian warshanowski's that was the initial tweet it was just left out there like that and then it came back in to feather things out and obviously um, in the the consumer con, the, the consumption of content, Woj knew he had about seven seconds to get this thing out there before it started to spread. Uh, Sean Marks, general manager for the Brooklyn Nets, did come out with his statement. We want to thank Steve Nash for everything he brought to our franchise over the past two plus seasons. Uh, he said in a statement on Tuesday, since becoming head coach, Steve was faced with a number of unprecedented challenges, and we are sincerely grateful for his leadership, patience, and humility throughout his tenure. Personally, this was an immensely difficult decision. However, after much deliberation and evaluation of how the season has begun, we agreed that a change was necessary at this time. In a separate statement, which is much more brief, uh, Nash thanked Marks and the team ownership for an, uh, quote, amazing experience with many challenges that I'm incredibly grateful for. Um, you know, I, I do think, and to your point about with everything that's gone on since he became the head coach, it always just kind of felt like you can point to a lot of a lot of things that maybe were out of his control and why having someone with his personality maybe benefited the Nets. Just it's kind of slow and steady, right? Unfazed. Yep. But specifically in basketball terms, I guess the one thing you can look at here is saying, yes, the team starts out bad to start the year. We know two and five after splitting a series with the Pacers. And then on top of that, even though knee soreness for Ben Simmons this last game, you can look on the court and, and how he looks and maybe be drawing a direct connection to, hey, he is the missing link to our success here. And whether or not it's him, we can't get rid of him. So the coaching staff needed to have him you know, maybe better prepared to hit the ground running, specifically on the offensive end. I wonder if that played a factor, though there are some other things we're going to get to here in a little bit. Yeah, so it's funny about Nash, right? Like, so it's really rare a coach with a 94 and 67 record to feel like there was a massive underperformance from the team. But that's really been the feeling over these last couple of years that there's been a massive underperformance, whether it's, you know, not making it to the finals in the year where they had Harden. I, I, I think a lot of that was not his fault. You know, they sustained injuries at just the wrong time. And, um, and you, know, you can always, with every sort of underperformance, I think you can point to, sort of a reason why that goes a little bit beyond the coaching uh, and not, well, I don't think we need to run through all those scenarios now. And at the same time, when you look at the totality of his tenure here, at some point you never felt it was, it was very rare to feel like the team was overperforming what they had. Right. So yeah. even so, cause you can look at lots of examples from other teams where you think, okay, wow, they're getting the most out of the least. And we can give, we can go through numerous examples in the NBA of situations like this, where it's, and there's lots just happening right now in the NBA yeah. where it's like, this team has a what record these teams are, are what, and you never got that feeling this whole time with the Nets. You never felt like they were getting tons out of the personnel that they had even in times where things got hard. And so I think when you, when you think about it from that, when you look at it through that lens, yes, there was a confluence of factors that really were going to make it hard for almost anybody at, during this time. Literally anybody 
that came in through this stretch with the Nets. Injuries, personalities, trades, demands, COVID, all this stuff that's going on with the I think I'd be hard-pressed to think any coach could have come in here and just done an absolute just like tip over job just with yeah. it. And, and it's hard to like look at a time in Nash's tenure and say, this is the time the coaching really stood out, right? This is the time it, it. So I think that's where it becomes like a really, again, unsurprising piece of information here. Right. Cause I think both things are going to be true. I think both things in this situation can be true. Yeah. I well, think he got Delta completely, completely bum hands, like, horrible all-time bad <laughs> all-time bad hands and short of like a good demeanor which i think he had during a lot of this stuff like a really you know resolute and stoic demeanor you know uh, it, with all this stuff that happens it, it, it it's also tough to i think point to a bunch of times where you're like man this system's really this the system's helping us now it's like it's all this stuff so i think i think i'm of two minds here yeah, and, and the one thing I was going to add into that is just that also because Steve Nash was a first-time head coach, you don't necessarily have a track record, right? Could have been another coach. Name a coach that came from another situation that became the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets and then dealt, was dealt the exact same set of cards, exact same record, exact same frustrations. You might be able to come out the other side of it and say, yes, but this coach has won other places. He's yeah. shown the ability to recover these things. You don't have that. Your sample size well, is only what you have in Brooklyn for him. And, and all of his other reference points were um, outside of the coaching ranks. It was behind the saying. scenes, right? Which or, just, or his tenure as a player. Like his tenure as a player was right. his resume. Yeah. And I get it. Like he has an un, one of the best tenures or one of the best playing resumes of all time. Um, and I, I, frankly, his name, I think, is what kept him as coach longer. We actually just literally just said this yesterday in the podcast um, w was that if his name was just Joe Johnson, career coach that had worked his ranks up, worked up through the ranks. And this had been the last couple of seasons. He's gone a year and a half ago. Joe like, Johnson, a uh, former NBA player. Oh, why did but I say that? Of all the names, of all the names, I could have all you could have done. You of all the names, I could have just literally Johnson. picked infinity, infinity names put together. I had to pick a guy that was named after. No, sorry. Um, Steve, Steve. Schmarkle. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up here in a second, though, the one other footnote is, of course, that Jock Vaughn is the acting head coach for tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls. And we will extrapolate out on that additional tweet from Woj here in a second. All right. First, going to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster. If you're hiring right now, it can be a look the Nets. Maybe the Nets are going to head over to LinkedIn Jobs to see if the hashtag hiring with the blue and the purple right there. That's LinkedIn. Maybe they're going to find the next coaching candidate. This is what LinkedIn does. I'm telling you, this network, you'd, you'd be surprised. You think this network's just for you know small and maybe medium-sized businesses? No way, baby. Maybe the Nets are heading over there to find their next quality applicant. That's because if the Nets are looking for this now, LinkedIn is going to help them with this whole thing. It's going to screen <laughs> the right screening questions. This is perfect. Uh, makes it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills. We'll talk about some of those candidates here possibly in a second. An experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview, Quinn Snyder, Miyadoku, and hire when it all is said and done, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA, just like our podcast network. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so rounding out that tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski, who said Jacques Vaughn is the acting head coach for tonight, but expect the Nets to inquire with suspended Celtics coach M.A. Doka and Quinn Snyder, among others, Boston will let Udoka leave for another job. Um, this is much as anything. So there's two. My first knee-jerk reaction here is, whatever your thoughts are on Steve Nash, um, let's just say Quinn Snyder, because we talked about him in the offseason after he was let go from Utah. The second that you hear other names that could be brought in, yeah, I think also becomes an immediate referendum on Steve Nash as well. Because you could probably put out a list of four or five or 13 guys, and I go, yeah, any one of them I'd take over Steve Nash. If you just said apples to apples, do you want them? So that also is what moves the needle for the franchise to make this decision. Before we get into the specifics of, of these two coaches, though, as viable options, and maybe even most specifically, M.A. Doku, who feels like the you know banished son who could – return a hero back to Brooklyn and was well-regarded and liked specifically by Kevin Durant from all reports. Do you think that is this move, does this feel like a calculated and comfortable decision that the Nets made? Or does this feel like the, the season wasn't starting well and this is our all-in moment? Like if this, this doesn't mean that we're not maybe trading players here in a couple of weeks as well. This just means that we need to push every possible button to try to find the success. Yeah, you mean you mean is like this is the first domino of many that could fall? That's hard to tell. I, yeah. I think that um, I I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. I think that there hope that there's probably a great hope right now that this is something like a reset button that they desperately need. I, I you know reset I, that reset. My 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 guess is that a guy like Nash understands the business of the NBA as good yeah. as anybody, and so and honestly, and you know it's funny when people say things are mutual. To quote Michael Scott, it almost never is, but in this case, it might have been right. So like I think that. I wouldn't be shocked if this really was mutual. Like I never felt like Nash was having a particularly fun time with this gig. How just there's been so many, there's been so many things that have happened that it'd be, it would feel shocking if he was like, this is, this is an absolute blast, right? <laughs> like in the Sean Mark's office. Listen, Steve. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks so much. Yeah. Like, this is just like yeah. absolute a plus, you know, I, I just, there's just almost no possible way. And so when you hear mutual, when you hear a mutual move, it's again, it's very difficult to take that at face value. In this case, I wouldn't be shocked. Like it's what's keeping Steve Nash here. It's not working. It started off poorly. It's, it doesn't seem like it's all that fun. Maybe the, the, maybe you're not blending with some of the personalities here either. They're coming off a controversy with one of the players. They're coming off a season or a summer where the best player asked for a trade, right? Like there's just lots of other things that are happening here that it wouldn't be shocking to me if for Nash to have said, you know, I, I just don't want to continue on with this. And by the I, way, not to belabor, because we don't have to belabor Steve Nash here, but I'll be I'll be curious to see what happens with Steve Nash next. Does he end up joining a staff as an assistant coach? Does he end I'd up staying inside of coaching? I wouldn't think so, right? And that would yeah. almost be the maybe, hey, I put my toes into these waters, and ultimately this was maybe a difficult spot to have the first experience and maybe more than enough for me. Right. So I'd be interested to see what happens with him if he still has an interest in staying in the coaching realms. That being said, though. Um, Quinn Snyder, obviously a quality coach. We could talk about him. That's not what anybody wants to hear about. Everybody wants to hear about M.A. Doka, who left, went to Boston, obviously, uh, midway through the season last year, set an absolute reset on the way that they functioned on both ends of the floor, got them to the finals. Obviously, they fell to the Golden State Warriors, but really a, a, a great 
turning point for the Celtics, who have always been a quality team, but have never been able to get over that hump. They have a great year last year. He also has some off-the-court issues that he was suspended for within yeah, the Boston. Yeah, mildly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, yeah, I don't know. We can go as far down the road just explaining that as we need to. Um, but he has been suspended by the Boston Celtics for violating organizational policies. And now he's sitting out there suspended. And according to Woj, they'll let him walk to go somewhere else. I have a follow-up question here. But do you, I mean, do you have the specifics just of what of, of what it was for him that got him to the point of suspension? Because I just didn't want to misstate. Yeah, there reasons. was just an inappropriate re- relationship with a female employee. And this made its rounds to the news. And, that, and the Celtics obviously suspended him for the whole year. And it seemed like it was it, within the organization sort of like well-known. And I'd had, I, if I believe it had been something where he had been like spoken to about it and then, and then things just continued. Right. So um, look, I do find it very interesting that the, the reporting from this side. So, you know, there's two, there's 30 NBA organizations and then there's a 31st organization, which is Shams plus Woj. Like that's the 31st team in the league. I would say. They don't shoot a great percentage, but like that's an, or right. They, they just, they don't play. But they have as much to it seemingly have as much to do with the world of the NBA as any executive, right? Yep. Just in terms of how information is passed, what is leaked here, who reports what, like Woj and Sham are I, I'm not really underselling it. Like they are kind of like an organization. That's just how much information and just how much sort of seeming power that they have to, within like their words. The reason I'm saying that is because when you see when you see who reports what. The report around or the, the 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 tweet from Woj that mentions Ime Adoku and Quinn Snyder by name, we know at this point that the way that this kind of works in the NBA is Shams, to some degree, is more of a player's uh, reporter and Woj is more of an organizational reporter. And through it all, Woj has very much seemed like he was reporting from the Nets front office side of things. Like mm-hmm. we've just seen this so yep. many times, right? Like we've seen it so many times where the wording sounds like it might as well have come directly from the front office. And that's just the case. Like he has got a relationship with Marks. This is how it's been. This is how it works. This is not a negative. I'm just saying this is just how this situation works. It just means that you can find more value in what gets reported because it feels like it's as close or you to can, the source Or you can at least know who you think it's coming from, yep. right? So like, and and so when Woj names specific guys like this, like this, because Shams is just, Steve Nash is fired. Right. Jack Vaughn's the interim coach. Woj is, Steve Nash is fired. Jacques Vaughn's the interim coach. And hey, we got our eyes on a couple of these guys. That means, one, my guess is that those names obviously clearly aren't pulled out of thin air, right? And these names might have already been talked to, to the point where they might be on the sort of finish line with a couple of these guys around coming in. I would be shocked the Nets right now. This is not reported. This is just my gut. I would be floored if the Nets did not have someone or someone's very close to being able to be hired for this situation when they when letting Nash go. Like, mm-hmm. there's just almost no way. There's almost no way seven games into the season with a guy in Jacques Vaughn, who they clearly do not want to be their head coach. How do we know this? They already had the chance, and they declined, right? So, And he stayed on the staff. That's not their choice. They're in the middle of a season. You have a high-profile organization with superstars on it and championship aspirations, even if the even if those are maybe flawed and, and ill-conceived. 
there's almost to me no possible way that they haven't had multiple conversations with guys at this point about interest, at least at least judging interest, at least judging like who they can get in the door. There's no way. There's no chance. They would never fire a coach into the season where, the, where they are as an organization without knowing somewhat confidently that a bigger name could step into the door. Does that make sense? Like, again, it's not a report. I'm not reporting this from any sourcing. I'm just saying this is just logic. I'd be shocked if they, if we didn't hear the new coach within three days. Well, what I was going to say to you right now too, is, I mean, you can say whatever it's going to look like here. November 1st is today. They'll play the Chicago bulls tonight. They have the second and the third off after that. It's against the Wizards, the fourth very next night, the fifth against, against Charlotte, the seventh against Dallas, the ninth against New York. There's no more than one day off in between any of these matchups until you get to the L.A. Uh, Clippers, which will be out there on the West Coast. You get three days off in between there, two days off, excuse me, the 10th and the 11th before you go there. So for a team that's two and five, that's struggling and wants to get on track, there actually is like a sense of urgency around whoever's going to be the guy. He needs to be in here immediately. He needs to be getting his handprints onto this team and making the adjustments that he thinks is going to inspire change for cool. this roster. And can I say one thing about that, too, because I'm glad you brought up the upcoming schedule. So the Nets have been dealt, obviously, we know, a very difficult schedule to start the year. If you are looking to make a change in your coaching ranks and you already think this is something you want to do, right? Like you've all, like it doesn't pay to wait till you go through a somewhat easier stretch of games to initiate it. Because what you would, you would like to do is initiate a move and then give the new coach the best foot forward to be able yep. to start and, and get thing like hit the ground running. Right. So I'm, I'm not saying like that this was, you know, super calculated timing, but going into a game against Chicago with an interim coach, tough game, Washington, you'd think you'd be able to take a W there though. They've been playing well, Charlotte, they've been playing above their heads, but you know, that, I, that should be very winnable Dallas. We, you know, they played that game close. Then you have a high profile game against the Knicks. Like, and then they go, and then they, and they go on to a West Coast trip where it's, it's a little bit harder to maybe implement somebody, right? Yeah. So I think that like the timing around this is a little conspicuous, also because it might give a new coach the best chance at, 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 a, at a you know a run of, of wins at least to start. Coming up here in a second, we'll discuss if we have a preference around the two coaches that are being discussed here. A, I have a bit of a philosophical question to pose to Doug here around where the Nets organization is placing their values in these moments that could be very or shifting for the narrative around this team. And then what to expect in terms of changes to the players that we have on this roster and what we could see going forward over the next two, three weeks and up to the deadline, because there will be someone new at the helm in short order. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. 
Okay. I, I, so my one thing is, if it's Ime, do you have a preference between Ime Adoka and uh, Quinn Snyder? Let's just take off the table. There's a connection to the players with Adoka. Just as coaches from what you saw tenure in Utah versus last season with Boston, do you have a preference in the coach? Uh, no, I don't think so. Both are, at least from a basketball level, considered among the, the elite class of coaches. I do. I would find it a little hilarious to bring in Adoku, not from the basketball resume. It does feel like this is an organization that would like to avoid more questions around off-court stuff. And so I, I would be... I guess I would be very surprised if they want if they were willing to like entertain downside risk around again off court stuff or again having been through seemingly seasons worth of this and nothing like serious serious but I mean well I guess the Kyrie thing's serious but like you know nothing the most like, recent one uh, is sorry nothing yeah. criminal I was yes. I, that's why yeah. when I said serious I, I should have just framed that as to say criminal like no no criminal things here but plenty of you know press conferences that aren't about basketball <laughs> like have gone that have gone on in this organization. I guess from that standpoint, if having to choose between the two, if it was just really those two guys, I would be very surprised if it was Doku just for this other thing, not basketball related. Like he's coming off having just been suspended by his team that he took to the championships for off court behavior. So, yeah. but it's only because he's got a ties with the nets and I get it. And if you're just looking, if it's basketball, if it's basketball, only and that's that's the only way you're thinking at this point then i could see the nets entertaining it as a as an option but again I, i'm just i'm just i'd just be surprised because i'm a little torn on it yeah okay because because well, i'm not torn from a basketball perspective because no, i no, think no. that both are i think that both are just good options like i think yeah, you yeah. want good basketball minds in here i think they've both proven to, to be that in their 10 years and you know snyder has seemingly always gotten sort of more from his group then maybe you know more than the sum of the parts. Obviously, Adoku flashed it in you know an yeah, incredible like, way last season. It's just that this other there's just this other stuff that Snyder doesn't have. And so that's really the only thing. And if they hired Odoku tomorrow, we would get on here and be like, hey, that's a good hire from a basketball perspective. Yes. No, no, no. That's not I'm not torn about the 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 basketball acumen of either one of these options or probably any other ones that they would put out there. I am torn from the perspective of you know, we're still on the heels of the Kyrie Irving situation and facing the promotion of anti-Semitic sentiments from movies, from a movie and a book. Like, and seemingly, you know, there is some backlash physically at the games and a presence there. We don't know what's going to happen yet. The organization didn't come down and crack down on him in any way. They didn't sit him down for a game or two, whatever it may have been, symbolic or otherwise. And now if you say, we're also willing to go down this road with Ime Adoku. And I, I, I'm not here to be judge, you know, judge and jury around these things. And I'm not saying that any of these, either one of these player or coach should be chastised and cast out from the league, you know, in perpetuity. But also there is an element of the Brooklyn Nets with everything that has gone on to this point, seemingly maybe could be coming to the place where they're saying, we've made the devil's bargain and we're going to go down the road and we're kind of going to throw out something we've talked about that culture word that always gets thrown around when maybe it doesn't matter that much. Now it probably matters more than ever. And the nets may be backing away from that a little bit. Yeah. So, and um, just around that too, sorry, I was reading a tweet by, I was reading a, a, a tweet um, that I want to read here in a second from mm -hmm. Matt Brooks. Cause Matt Brooks and I had actually discussed this over the summer and he has a good point about Nash, but um I will say the 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 floating of those names out there for like as a as a new coach that to me what that does signal to me 
is that the Nets do not intend to blow this things up, this thing up right now in terms of the players, because you do not float those names for a rebuild, right? Like you, like you don't float a, a, a Quinn Snyder or an Ime Adoku as a team that's about to trade away its best players and maybe head into a, you know a soft reset around mm. what they're going to do as a basketball organization. I think wanting to get established names in the door, if that's in their intent, would make only make sense when you have championship aspirations before you get to Matt before you get to Matt Brooks we can wait till after the pot we can wait till we close out the podcast I was just Um, that's why I took one extra second to to respond to you philosophically um with Quinn Snyder in Utah and the type of basketball that they ran right had a more traditional big obviously out there played off with the point guard you have Donovan Mitchell um the 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 Boston Celtics blueprint fits the mold and there's the connection there anyway. So if you go with Adoka, it just feels like logical that this all stays together. I agree with you that you bring in a high profile coach because you want this thing to be back on track and you want to be winning a lot of basketball games. I wonder if in the big picture, quote unquote, right beyond this season, we know Kyrie is in the opt-in year, et cetera. I, I do think that depending on who they brought in and it could be beyond these two candidates that got mentioned here, but depending on who they bring in, I, you can probably also apply some level of, of forward thinking around it. Although, if you're a coach worth your weight, you're going to be adaptable to your best players and you're going to make the system work. But just fundamentally, it clicked in my head, right? Quinn Snyder ran a certain type and style of offense around certain players. I wonder what that influence would look like if it was him or anyone else who was just more defensive-minded, you know, or just had a certain stylistic approach to the offensive end of the floor as well. I do think whoever it is is going to really have a tough road to hoe here because it, this is you're in you're into a season. This is the personnel like we already know um, about some pressures. We have Simmons sitting out a second game going into Chicago. We're recording this before the Bulls game, right? So um, the you know you have Simmons who we're not exactly sure the extent of his injury. We know Kyrie and KD what their games are are like, but we also know this team is two and five. I do think whoever comes in the door. It's not like this isn't like a layup job to me either, right? Like there's there's inherent downside risk to even taking this job because it's unclear what this organization is even going to look like at the trade deadline, right? And so I I do wonder about what kind of job. Like I, I actually okay, let me rephrase. I wonder how attractive this job is to people, right? Like I like I do wonder if this because in our minds we're like it's it's the Nets and we just need a better coach and you know you know you know it's move at Nash out. We'll get someone in a different system. Okay. That's fine for th- fans to think that way uh, or podcasts to think that way. It's another thing to think about guys like this. And maybe a Duke was a little different, but for the Quinn top Snyder tier, being like the top tier yeah, coaches I- who might have a chance to pick their spots, right? Like to pick yeah. a spot to say like a good landing spot. I'm not, sh- I, I do wonder about the attractiveness of this kind of, 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 of the Nets because it could just look different not too long from now. And that, and that would be another big difference here, too, between, again, using these two coaches as a sample size. One coach has been suspended and is probably looking to reclimate himself coming off of a great season and then having an off-the-court issue. Another coach effectively just ran out a very good run in Utah, never got over the hump. They chose to break that thing down, and he wasn't going to want to be a part of that. So in the on the one side, I think if it were a Doka, you're saying, yeah, we're, we're staying all in on what this looks like here. Even if it was Quinn, I agree with you. These are the personnel you're working with. However, I, I would assume the big sell would be, and by the way, 
you're going to have real input and say beyond this season. So when it comes to is Kyrie Irving coming back, we're hiring you in and you can tell us after this year, I want to move on from Kyrie or what would the intention be around Kevin Durant? If he decides we don't go far enough and you want to opt out, he wants to be traded, right? You're going to have a real opportunity with assets and capital to say, I can start to build this thing up. And in that sense, um, Quinn Snyder certainly has a strong track record of bringing in talent through the draft, right? And building up, building up a team and having them have sustained success. So there are two sides to that coin for sure. I wonder if Quinn Snyder or any high profile coach not named Adoka would say, I'm willing to take the rough ride this year to get to a better time potentially next year. Understanding that, by the way, Joe Science, Sean Marks are also going to say and maximize this season, right? I, I, we can probably talk about this and we will talk about this for multiple more episodes, but I also do wonder what is the expectation for the incoming coach? high profile or otherwise, what is the expectation going to be? You need to come in here and we need to get right back onto that championship or bus train. Or if it's Quinn Snyder, can you say we get us back to the playoffs and we reevaluate everything next off season about how we want to move forward? Because it very much does feel like the Nets organization is in a bit of a state of panic right now between yeah. everything going on. It is a, there's a lot of chaos around this organization. And I don't think no matter what coach you bring in, I don't think all those concerns are going away, though we know winning, you know, winning basketball games cures a lot of ills. Yeah. And I know that like, you know, we're going to close out the regular part of the podcast here. If you're not over on YouTube, make sure you subscribe over to on YouTube. We got a million people in here firing away in the chat. Uh, really appreciate everyone that jumped on here in the middle of a you know, East coast afternoon. Um, and we'll, I want to talk about some of the stuff that's being said online, you know, just through d various nets, uh, just folks and that, you know, how their reactions to this are going right now. Um, in the meantime, make sure you subscribe over on YouTube. A really, really appreciative of just everyone that's jumped in here. It's really awesome. And I will close out, um, by saying, I do feel like people in some ways, and I can already tell by just the, you know, what's going around online here between the chat and Twitter. I think people feel like this is some kind of like magic bullet that is going to cure, you know, just to kind of put a pin on what you just said, like that this is some kind of magic bullet that's going to cure all the franchise woes. I, I would be short. I would stop short of thinking that, right? Like you said, this is not a perfect situation still. I, I know that there's going to be, a, there's a sense that Nash was the cause of a lot of these problems, or at least on the court. And that may be the case. This is, I don't think, any new coach is just going to have a cakewalk through this. Right. And so I think that I, before we close, I, you want to say one more thing. I'll cl close this out of here, but yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. Remember there's concerns around the state of Ben Simmons game. If Ben Simmons doesn't become a better player, like he once was, it's going to be some of the same issues. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are scoring buckets all over town. If the defense doesn't find its continuity, it's not going to matter. It doesn't mean that it won't get better. And this is the class. This is the classic. You could have had anybody at head coach. Things may have naturally gotten better this year or naturally have gotten a lot worse i think it makes sense to make this move but now it's going to be about what happens next you're not out of the woods yet with this and i hate to have that that sentiment because you and i as desperate as anyone want this team to be good and want it to be about basketball not everything else all right we're going to continue on for everyone here on youtube much appreciated in the meantime make sure you subscribe on youtube subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts uh really great to see one of our this is one of the most streamed pieces we've had yet so make sure you are subscribed over on youtube and of course, friends, life comes at you fast. If you don't stop a look around every once in a while, you might miss out. That's Ferris Bueller, and that message might have been for Steve Nash. One of the all-time great 
Poets. Oh, sorry, one of the old, I, sorry, I was just reading the Shams thing. One of the old, <laughs> that you're going to get, um, I'll read this before we go. Shams yeah. is saying that Emi Adoku has emerged as a strong front runner to be the next Brooklyn Nets head coach and the sides have begun discussions. So that is what we will continue talking about. Resetting the timeline. Yeah, in, yeah. And we will be back again tomorrow, obviously talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.